One candidate is a robotic moderate functionarian. Oh yeah. Another is a petty egotistical monomaniacal charlatan. Oh yeah. This ending was totally unbelievable, so stupid, sad. Oh yeah. It's time to listen to three guys scared and packing for Canada. Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition podcast where we will be going through Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest Star Trek show to get this in-depth about religious bullshit. Yes. <laughs> it's an episode called The Collaborator. With me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hello. My name is Wade Bowen. And yes, this is The Collaborator. Yes. Uh, this this episode originally aired May 22nd, 1994. It is episode 24 of season two. The IMDb description is as follows. Vedic Morales, targeted by a fellow Kai candidate, Vedic Wynn, as having been a collaborator with the Cardassians during the occupation. That's pretty much it. Uh, we got <laughs> Vedic Wynn back, and she's got Boral on, um, you know, she's looking to take him down. Um, she's got him by the short hairs. He might not have any short hairs. <laughs> He's probably <laughs> actually well-shorn, I expect. Yes. yes. I think he keeps that shit probably pretty tight. But, well, we've, um, seen, we've seen a lot of his uh, physique in this episode. Yes. And, and, and you're and right, that, he doesn't have much hair. Aside that, from his head, that uh, that opening sequence was the opposite of chemistry. I think I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, you, did, oh, you didn't appreciate the sexy time sepia filter that we had on there. I I don't know what that was supposed to be. Was that supposed to be sexy? It felt very weird and awkward. That's because that wasn't reality, man. Uh, he was talking about I'm after talk- the dream sequence. Oh, I was I'm talking about the cold open. No, no, he's talking about the Kira. He's talking about Kira. Kira. When it was clear that the Pope had gotten himself some Kirjana. Oh, oh, there, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to jump to that just yet, but you're right. That was because we're there. All Already, I was going to say, I, I want to start uh, introducing a new segment on the show whenever it comes up. It won't be an every episode thing, but I want to start rating the nipples of characters on the show. And right now, it seems like we've seen uh, Beryl's and we've seen O'Brien's. And I have to still, I have to say, Beryl has uh, hands down won the nipples game so far. So we'll see well, who I, else we get to see. I would actually, for once, argue for Miles because um, really because. Yeah, well, because I didn't notice his, and I feel like uh, if you don't notice them, then they're doing something right. I don't, I don't know <gasps> what you guys are noticing. I just noticed a man naked from the torso uh, up, right. with a nice physique, if you will. Wait, you didn't have a sudden craving for baloney. <laughs> as far as just Burrell's nipples, I, I feel like he had some. He had some dark. Tight nipples, uh, which O'Brien couldn't say in either one of those categories. So, um, so, so far, Burial is the one. To I watched be- this episode twice. I didn't pay enough attention to the nipples. I, it's a thing. I, I I just thought like, hey, hey, there's an attractive man with his shirt off. Yeah. Uh, he did has, he uh, had? Did he had? Was it like silver dollar? Uh, never mind. It doesn't no, no, they were dark- they were small. They were small. They were they were, but they weren't too small. Like they were like <laughs> they were just, just right, right. <laughs> just right. Like uh, O'Brien's uh, was a little pale and uh, and uh, and sort of crested at the point of his man titty. It was a it's 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 a normal man's look. All right. Yeah. You know what? That's what men look like. That's real men 
Get over it. O'Brien's some, <laughs> you know, just Irish meat and potatoes guy. And then, yes. And Burrell is like a guy that's, you know, he's taking care of himself. To start, like, just general feelings. What do we think of this episode? It's fine. Man, I hate to be the guy God, you're gonna every say time this. that I actually really like this episode. It's fine. But it moves the ball down the field. Things yes, happen that, that has consequences. It's not like you're not spinning your wheels. It's not nothing happening. It is. Uh, it was. It was originally written by Gary Holland, who was a Paramount executive. Really? <laughs> so yes. Huh. And then it was rewritten. Okay. Then it was rewritten by uh, Robert Hewitt Wolf and Stephen Ira Stephen Bear. It feels like like some suit wrote a story. Like like he wanted to write a Star Trek script, maybe. And so he talked to his boss that his boss, you know, like, whatever. Huh. I don't know how it happened. He is currently, the guy who wrote this is Gary Holland, is currently, uh, runs the production company that does the Maury Povich show. Yikes. Man, okay, that so, makes it a lot harder for me to argue how great I thought this episode was. <laughs> but it moves, but I receive a bear and Robert Hewitt Wolf, I mean, they moved the episode where they wanted to. I liked, I actually, if, if for nothing else, we got to see some spring ball, motherfuckers. Oh, yes, yes. we did get to see yes. spring ball. <laughs> She's got her spring ball headband on, but we also know spring ball is not like racquetball, but it's also not like handball. It's handball with a racket on your hand. Well... <laughs> <laughs> but you, what what threw me for a loop though? I don't think you should have you, spring ball or not. You shouldn't have uh, Kira wearing a headband because then you don't know if you're dealing with an evil version or or that's true or, or, or a good version. One of the things I was going to say about the script is this is possibly for a story where shit is happening. You have all of the the story beats and the construction of how you want a story to be. It's all there. Mm-hmm. Like there's shit going on. There's a big fucking question. Like there's a moral question and a plot question and all that shit. But this was some of the boringest. Like just words on a page. Yeah, that was like the thing. And I'll say like that. There's a scene between Cisco and and Ner- and Kai Ratchet. That scene is pretty. Like you didn't those like actors. That? Are, no, those I actors are willing and ready to go. Those actors yeah. are willing and ready to go. They're so like good. The, and they know all of their the, tensions. He was and they so good in that scene, I thought. Like, no, no, know, I know. I'm the guy that shits on Cisco more than anybody else, or Avery Brooks. Sh- but, like, that smile he gave her when he walked in, yeah. just, like, mm-hmm. not in his yep. eyes. Yep. And then, when he yeah. says, when he says enemy, when he says enemies, enemy. that was the greatest, I thought that was his, yes. probably his greatest he, line. Yeah, he really smiled when he said enemies. enemies. That, that, scene, okay. that, scene, that scene in total is boring as shit. Don't tell me that you, <laughs> like yourself, Emissary, believe that you and I are, how shall I put it? Enemies. I see here. Maybe, maybe this is this is maybe not the consensus to. But then there are Star Trek people that hate DS Nine so much because of the religion Uh and that they take the religion seriously and they're kind of like humanists. Like, oh, and then he's just like a puppet for these alien gods and fuck that. That's not what Star Trek is about. It's all about the blah blah blah. And they get really mad about any Star Trek that brings in like a kind of religious perspective but i thought that this dealt with it well like i don't know what the argument is because i i actually really like that cisco i think that no 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 i think the concepts are fine that's what i'm arguing is i'm just arguing that like it needed a punch up like this is this is a like this is a fine script to start with on a monday when you gotta (laughs) have the script in by friday but like this needed it was like some just a lot of standing around yes. and talking and looking at like one person making a face at another. I mean, the blocking. I think a, a, yes. a middle school 
kid could have blocked this. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, this, uh, script. this it, I mean, just say that. This like, might be a weakness on my part. Like, I've said to myself and I've admitted to others, I have a soft spot. Apparently, it's a thing with me. I really like boring television. <laughs> so maybe I don't know what exciting is. No, I mean, it was fine. It just wasn't anything. I think, well, first of all, it's predictable. I mean, they telegraph so much stuff in the first act that you know what's mm-hmm. really going on yeah. by by the second act. And even the little turn at the end really isn't that surprising either. I thought it was, it, what made it, you know that he's not ultimately a bad bad guy. Yeah, well, look, we can get into that real quick. Basically, uh, Kai Wen wants to get rid of Burrell in the race for Kai. She's has uh, somebody who can place him during okay, so a time of a massacre. Kubus, 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 Kubus Gooding Jr. A Kendra yes. Valley mask, Massacre mm. and Prylar Beck. And nevertheless, yeah, it, it turns out she's got she's got like a hot tip that Brow might have been a, a collaborator Given up a location uh, of, of when forty eight people were were massacred by the Cardassians during the occupation. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that he delivered a piece of information for somebody else, and it was Kaiopaka, and she did it. Kaiopaka did it to save a thousand people somewhere else. So a thousand Kai people, Opa- but it's also twelve hundred people the first time that I don't know. I actually like the reveal later. I don't. I, yeah, I mean, I wanted to, like, part of me wanted to, like, like, hold on, let's debate this. Like, I felt like at the end it was like, Kira was just like, yeah, that was the right call. And I mean, I guess it is, like, on a basic sort of, like, life rubric. But I was kind of like, I mean, and I think uh, Iris Stephen Bear com- compared it to Schindler's List, that the 40 were the people that Schindler couldn't save, that he was, you know, bemoaning at the end. I don't know. I don't know. Shutting down. This is down, not Schindler's like, List. I'm not no, going to no. Crazy selling here. out. Kai wins. Selling out. And I know it's her son, and she was making a sacrifice. And I get her Kyle side Paca. of the. Kyle 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 Paca. Kyle Paca. Kyle Paca. Kyle Kyle Paca. 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 I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that that's an easy moral question. Like if she well, ratted the out. The moral of, question's not even really that addressed. Yeah. It's just, like, uh, the moral question is a mechanism for, for the story done, for the, old, really. To, or to end. She a doesn't totally people, forgive him. It's. I guess I'm saying that I, I would like to sit down and, and discuss if what she did wasn't treasonous. Cause I'm not convinced that it wasn't. I mean, well, I get that the show thinks. The argument. Well, that she's it's, right. It, it was treasonous. That's why nobody, if you'll note it, if you rewatch the show, nobody actually comes out and admits to making the decision, yeah. the to selling out the 48. It's understood that Burial takes the fall, but he never comes out and says it. I guess I don't just mean legally. And, and the reason he does, the reason he backs out of the Kai ship is because he knows they've already set up that without the moral guidance of the Kai, and if people stop believing in the Kai, then the whole everything collapses. And his whole point is that he has to to protect Kai Win. No, I get all of that. I'm not I'm not confused on the plot. I'm saying that like I I, I get that that, that that legally like I'm saying that I think that maybe turning over forty eight armed, trained resistance fighters for any reason is probably a bad idea if you want to keep the resistance going. Well, I don't know it's what you're one saying. it's one resistance cell. 
the resistance is smart enough to know that if they kill one cell, that's how terrorists work. <laughs> and they're terrorists. But, you know, where one, you don't have centralized authority in any of them. So how, you can kill how one cell Kong and keep the us. whole resistance going. And she's killing, she's sacrificing these 48 to save a thousand or 1200, which. But that's that, that's what that's not. I mean, I, that's I, what I mean. Later on, we have when, a bigger when sacrifice. The Viet Cong, when the more, Viet... And that's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. That's, you know, that's spot. Yeah, right but there. they're not a resistance fighting. A, a resistance fighting is about like, I think that the Viet Cong won because they said, fuck you, kill us. We'll fight you. We'll hide people. If you threaten to murder us, we will still fucking hide them. Fuck you. You can kill us, but we're still going to resist. And I think that like what she was doing was like making these like these moral weight decisions. But that's that's how to get along. Like, I don't know. Like, I just I don't felt like. How is that different from you can kill us? But, you know, like. The, she's like, you can because kill you killed these... the guys with the guns because you killed but the guys not, with yeah, the guns. But you're not killing in because. Well, you know what? Kai wins. Hey, I'm going to go out on a limb in here and say Kai wins decision is a morally better decision than anything the Viet Cong made in Vietnam. She's saving innocent lives versus these people that have already laid down their lives and said we're willing to die. I'm saying that I'm saying that the Viet Cong would have never done that. Because it is kind of That's about having Yeah, I'm saying a, I'm saying the Bajorans are better than the Viet Cong. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that they're leading a resistance poorly. I'm saying that I'm saying they're twenty that, forty-eight versus twelve thousand where you can create five hundred more resistance fighters out of people that are of uh are incensed about the massacre of forty eight. Honestly, if we're playing the mathematic rules that's a win for you because you can recruit more from those deaths than you could from the killing of that many innocents. Yeah, but turnover's a bitch. I'm just saying that like And also I, but it's not even it doesn't even get down to that shrewd numbers game. It's, that's what I was yeah, yeah, I know. It's just sort of saving glossed lives over by, yeah, not, by not fighting the Cardassians and not trying to fight for our freedom. No, the Cardassian fights never ended. Her sons of resistance fighter she didn't want to give him up no i know like she knows that the fight's not gonna end she's like that's i don't know i'd stand behind i'm her saying that the, i'm saying that the show doesn't think that she made a dumb decision i'm saying i think she made a dumb decision <laughs> yeah and, and i'm disagreeing with you i think like, she made a good decision like I, I mean like i'm saying that i get that there's a very simple she's not, moral moral calculus here or moral arithmetic 48 versus a thousand and i'm usually for those things but i'm saying that what the Bajorans were trying to establish was an armed resistance. And that doesn't work without fear. And that doesn't work by making like. They didn't have to establish it, though. Like, they already okay. had an armed resistance. But no, but the next time. I, that, I'd argue the next that they, that they, they even then, helped their armed resistance by sacrificing those few. If that's the argument you want to make. The next for time a whole that Goldacott makes that decision. But the next time that Goldacott wants to kill another terrorist cell, he's just got to go and make this sort of basic math. Well, I'll just kill 5,000 people and you. Tell me where the carousel is. And he can do that, and then you can eradicate the entire resistance through just going through that, that method. Well, one, we don't know when in the Bajoran occupation this happened. Apparently, this was a big enough a deal that it was a rallying movement cry that Kira can... Later on, when Kira and Odo are talking about it, she doesn't ask 
find communications within this date time. She says, find me communications within a week of the Kinder Valley Massacre. Yeah. She doesn't well, even we say, know th- she well, doesn't you, even say find the- with this. And Do- Odo knows immediately when that is because okay. it's an Yeah, because Odo's only thing. been on the ship. But Odo was on the ship when it happened. Odo could only be, has only been on the ship for five years. So it happened in the last five years. That's what I'm saying. It's important enough that they've built up a resistance. They're not fucking themselves over by giving over these people. They're saving lives. I don't know why that's an argument. Yeah, James, I see what you're saying because you're saying it's enabling the enemy. I see what both of you are saying, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't. And, and I think that the show does a poor job of. I'm saying it's a question. Cluing yeah. us in on no. Well, it you're is a arguing question. that they're not as smart as the Viet Cong, but they have the one. I argue they're smarter. Also, the Viet, they've the got Viet the moral beat, high ground over the Viet Cong. The Viet, like by degrees. Viet Cong and, beat the biggest. The Viet Cong beat the biggest army in the world. Yeah, but they're still uh, arguably morally inferior. They don't. They're communist atheists. I don't they know, don't have but they won. They won. But I'm saying they won, and this it's is a, how you win not, a resistance. It's not a direct arm. analogy. Later on the show, we're going to have a special guest, John McCain, on. And, <laughs> That's uh, crazy. He's he watched this episode. All right, I know you're a liberal, but you're not a commie. Come on. No, no, but I'm saying that like I'm I'm saying basic resistance, military resistance. Is that what she? But you're. I'm saying that what she did was she war collaborated. Well, and that's, I don't think that she did it for. I, that she totally did, and that's why they can't release it. That's the whole point. And I think that she did it for a dumb reason. And I don't think that that makes her or Burial moral for doing it. And I'm saying that that's a question and that's a debate to be had, but the show just chose not to have it. Right. Because they just assumed that everyone would agree with, that everyone in the audience would agree with that decision at the end. Yeah. I'm saying that when you lead a resistance, when you're trying to tackle the Cardassians down, and the Bajorans won because the Kling, uh, because the Federation got involved. That's how they got, that's how they won. So they didn't win because of the Bajoran resistance. But if the Bajoran resistance. Right. Uh, but within the last five years, yes. the Cardassians. Yes. Got but I'm involved. saying that how she. That moral arithmetic, give up 48 to save a 1,000. Women and children versus 48 male fighters. That sort of moral arithmetic makes makes sense in a world in where you're not trying to like establish a armed military resistance. See, okay, let me against just... Against an occupying force. All right. I'm, I'm going to take the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say I'm going to argue the position that most every viewer is going to make <laughs> like it's the moral one innocent lives are are more worth saving than people who are actively armed also you're arguing that it's a waste of resources because they're killing a resistance that's not even fully established the resistance has been fully established for years this has happened within the last 5 years but it takes the way I think what he's saying is that it makes the resistance toothless. Yeah, yeah. Like See, if they can just give up their own people. Well, obviously it does because it they're works. bargaining chips. They're bargaining yeah. chips to save innocent lives. That's not what. I, that's why now you have. That's not why you have a military resistance. I, but that's like you're talking about. Man, I I I think Jay. I feel weird because I feel like the last is, few it's episodes would be me. Have been me arguing emphatically how wrong you are. <laughs> I think that we're gonna. I understand what James is saying, but he's thinking on it on a level that I promise you, nobody. I don't know how many people in the last twenty years have seen this episode. You know, 
how many hundreds of thousands of people have seen this? <laughs> Most I bet people you... are not on your side. It's <laughs> arguing moral. You're arguing that. Yes. The, and isn't this a show that all kinds of these 12,000 people yeah. don't matter? Hold on. No, I'm not arguing that I'm making a popular choice here. But I also don't appreciate the show for making popular choices. I'm saying that they just gave this very simple and pat moral answer that I don't that I think is beneath the show because the show is about military resistance it will be for seasons at the end about military resistance and I'm saying that they answered it in a really basic and 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 really rudimentary way and I don't think that anybody anybody who's leading an armed resistance from the original French Maquis to the Viet Cong to any other people, to the America, I don't think that that George Washington would have made those okay, same sort of well, decisions. Well, one, this is not just a military resistance. This is a religious question as much or more so than it is a military I don't question. see religion in this question at all. This question, it's all about the new Kai and whether or not the Kai sacrificed yeah, innocent that, but, lives or not. So yeah. It's totally, in this episode, it's... Yeah, but the Kai is irrelevant. Re- I'm not talking question. about the. I'm not. I don't care. I mean, we can get to the Pope robot versus Pope ratchet in and, a minute. And it's I'm saying religious that, people making these decisions. Of course, they're going to think they're not thinking from a Viet Cong perspective. They're thinking from the moral relative perspective. of How do we get a Kai? Elected. So they don't think of and their also, results. Vedic the results. Is also not just. You don't think that they're like, thinking what Nurse will, ratchet would be the Viet Cong. She'd be like, I don't actually give a shit. But Viet, but wait, wait, why do you have this really? Ne- I mean, I'm sorry, I know that they were an enemy of ours, but they like, like the, the Viet Cong weren't that like they were ruthless. They weren't like evil. That was Pol Pot. <laughs> like I'm saying that like that. Well, I mean, I'm an American, and and you know, <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I'm 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 against communism as much as I have a. Uh, but but I think that we can view them appropriately through historical context. And glean some relevant information hey from man, them. I didn't bring the Viet Cong into this. You did. I did because yeah, I don't think there's ever been a Star Trek episode of any sort of podcast that mentioned the Viet Cong as much as we have tonight. <laughs> in the last ten minutes. <laughs> okay, so let me let's switch over and not say the Viet Cong and let's say oh fuck what's the I'm mo- just saying the Viet Cong were what's an atheist. A noble, what's let's occupation? Ewoks, not, the there's no religion at the involved. end of Wait, Return first of off, the Jedi. First off, at, at, they weren't an occupation, and their religion has nothing to do with it. I'm well, saying, I mean, occupation is the wrong word, but it's, Ocu- it's okay. It's, ISIS you're talking is about a, okay, purely military. Uh, let's go deep. Let's about- go worse. Let's go worse. Uh, Al Qaeda is a religious operation. Okay, they had a. This is, a, had, this is a rabbit hole. We don't need to go down. It has <laughs> no, nothing to do with this. I'm trying to find an occupation that works for me, and I guess that the British. American colonists during the American Revolution is that I don't think that George Washington would have allowed a battalion of his hard-fought and hard-trained soldiers up if the British just threatened to bomb a city. You do that. The you let the British bomb well, the city and you like fight another opinion, day. Man. Yeah, that's not. A, this is not a war. I mean, this is an occupation. Like you, another and two. It's an occupation the British did not have the technology to do so. So it's a move. It's point. not it's, okay. It's well, not. I, a I think point. what James is saying that it's a it's a bad tactic if you're if you're a resistance organization. Yes, it's a bad tactic to just roll over for the occupy occupation and collaborate. Yeah. I understand. But nobody's. I thinking. understand it, but if in a building in a in I building think that what, you a, know what, a resistance, I would agree with you. But the res- resistance has already been set up and it is well established. 
you're sacrificing. It's not well established. Well, they haven't taken. They, they still have. It's well established to that kill. there's a. Yeah, Kira's already. It's in the last five years. Odo remembers when this happened. He's only been there five years. It's been a sixty-year occupation. The resistance has been well established, but it hasn't by the last five years of the occupation. But it's still got goals, and it still needs to achieve those goals. And it did really well by this Kendra Valley massacre. Apparently, it's a it's a talking point that everybody remembers it off the top of the head, and it's a rallying cry that everybody re- remembers as a huge horrible thing that they rally behind. Whereas that's maybe the argument that a writer would use to get out of the the, the, the moral question, and it might be convincing. But I'm saying that the moral that's, question uh, is that, that you save 48 lives at the expense of 12 of uh, 1,000, we'll say. Yeah, and I'm saying that that's not a simple. That's not. I'm saying that that's not a simple question. I'm saying that's pretty easy for a religious figure that doesn't want innocent lives to die. Who who wants innocent lives to die? The easiest thing to do is not to lead an armed resistance against the Cardassians. They had made that decision already. Innocent lives were going to die. Innocent no, Cardassians are going to die. It, and, and in hindsight, it turned out well for them that 48 died instead of 1,000. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't see any proof of that, but that's fine. I would accept that if, if proof was added to that in, in, a, in a story context. But I'm saying— Well, the, the proof is that the, Car- the Bajorans are free right now. But that's, <laughs> that not all... beca- but that's because the Federation got involved with the Cardassians. Mm, well, I mean, they got involved because the Bajorans are— raising a bunch of fuss i don't know this is this is not the this is not the argument that the episode hinges upon i don't know why we're arguing about it. it's what it ends on but i don't think but so. you're right but i mean i i the the I, show decides that the important thing is that they sacrifice 48 to save 1000 yes I, i'll admit. You disagree with the show i agree with the writers of the show i i i think that that yes i disagree with that and i think most people would agree i'm not arguing most people i'm arguing me they can get their own fucking <laughs> podcast <laughs> I, I, listen i'm with wade i i'm with wade in the sense that like the but i'm also with with james in the sense that i don't like how the moral question was used in the narrative that's my problem with it is that it, there's a more interesting thing at play here and it's sort of glossed over at the end james i I don't necessarily agree with James here uh, uh, on the finer point of it. But I think overall, the fact that somebody was put in the circumstance and they have to get to the bottom of it is more interesting than how it whether or not Kai or uh, Vedic Burrell is, is a good enough guy for a cure to keep on sleeping with. Because that's essentially what it comes <laughs> down to. Like, is um, yeah. like, oh no, her boyfriend is a collaborator. Oh, he's not a collaborator. He just was just an employee of a collaborator. And his collaborator was totally morally justified. So she could continue to sleep with him. And, and that's literally how the episode ends, mm. with them smooching uh, like yeah. 12 feet from the space drugs. So I don't I don't think that I think there's a few few things that are not as interesting as they could be on the spectrum of of bad episodes. I want to even put I I would include this episode in my final cut of 12. Oh, sure. Yeah, because it moves the ball down the field where, you know, it does a lot of move. There's a lot of moves in this show that. I, I wanted know, to spend time talking about Vedic. Vedic yeah, no, Wynn, the, it's she, a pivotal here's show. Here's the whole thing, guys. Here's the most interesting thing about the whole the whole thing. Vedic Burrell would have been clean. None of this stuff would have ever come up. Vedic. This was Vedic Wynn's backup plan. 
Her A plan was to get Cisco to endorse her. Oh, yeah. If yes. he had just done that at the beginning of the episode, Baral would have spent the rest of his life without having to relive this shit. That's <laughs> yeah. the genius of it, is that Kai would... That's what I... I was actually... That brings up an interesting point, is was that a plan? Because when you first... Oh, yes, because at the end, Kai Wynn comes up to uh, Kira says, you know what? So we won't... Uh, we'll go ahead and we won't we'll skip it. next week. We don't need <laughs> we'll to do that. that. Canceled yeah, that's not going to happen now. Up. Right, that's not even no, no, happen. but early. Okay, so early on, you have this, you have this sort of walk and talk on the promenade where everybody's sort of cluster fucking at the beginning, and you get Beryl and Kira walk into Kai, Kai, Kai Ratchet, and they talk and they have like like the insipid dialogue, or not insipid dialogue, but like you know they have poison tipped words towards each other. Oh, I love that scene. They're throwing so much shade at each other. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm, I didn't mean to say that the writing was insipid specifically in that scene, but then you have uh, this Cubist guy, which by the way I just want to comment. His name is. Okay, he's Cubist, but he looks sort of like Jack Kirby, but he sounds exactly like Stan Lee when he talks. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I wanted, we, like, we mentioned when Kai Alpaca first showed up about her, like, Woody Allen roots and her Brooklyn mm-hmm. accent. And then, yeah. I guess just all old Bajorans kind of talk that way with that same kind of accent. New York like, uh, Jewish. New York Jewish Yeah, yeah like, Cubist is like, <laughs> when you talk about the enormity of... Of what did he have done? And, and it but was the only it. way out that he had. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, okay, See, that's I how the doors talk. That, I thought it was Stan Lee, and I thought like he was going to say, Excelsior, true believers, I just want to <laughs> go back to Bajor. Like, it but, just okay. felt like a New York accent. Oh, Bajorans talk with New York accents. When Prylaw Beck heard about the enormity of the yes, task that, that he had <laughs> taken... In that scene, Kai Alpaca, or no, Kyle, Kai Wynn, I fucks Cubus. And it made me think whether that was set up before her, like as a backup plan before she met Cisco. Oh, yeah. Or did she, or did the whole idea like come to her after Cisco? Like, was it just fortuitous that Cubus was there or did she put Cubus there? I I think we could just infer that she has her ducks in a row when she goes to to March. When she goes to do about her business, she has her Mm -hmm. ducks in a row. And I really think that. Nothing that she does is by accident. I don't know. I, I, she's so proficient in all of her machinations. When Kara and Burrell confront her, they're like, funny to see you here because you've been tracking me forever because you're on to me or whatever. And she's like, no, everybody's been tracking you. You're in line to be the next guy or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Louise Fletcher does a great I even think Robot uh, Pope gets better in this episode. I don't. I, I think he's fine. Like, uh, episode- I, I don't. <laughs> like why? I mean, how much Xanax was he was crushed up and put Dude, in his dude. uh his hey, he's been so much worse. I feel like in multiple yeah, in other episodes, he's been okay in this one. There was this lumpen quality to the story that just like this was like the blocking rehearsal that like causes the coach has to like throw or like the director has to throw something to get everybody like scared and spooked that they have to bring energy to the store. Like the actors were doing fine, but it's just the script was just lumpen. The directing was fucking boring and yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I like this one. I don't know. I just felt like, and I felt like like everybody. We got confirmation at the beginning, like, oh, 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 they fucked. They were (laughs) fucking, and they're still fucking. So, do you like it because it hits, like, like, because it moves the ball and it hits certain pivotal moments in Deep Space Nine? So, I feel like you don't feel like you're wasted. Like, if you if you were waiting that Sunday in 1994 and you saw that episode, I feel like you'd walk away like, oh, well, shit happened in this episode. Yeah, like they don't go anywhere, but it deals with the Bajorans, and a lot of people, Star Mm -hmm. Trek fans, hate 
all the dealing with the Bajoran religion stuff, like I yeah, fuck all those discussed people. earlier. <laughs> yeah. And I liked all that stuff. And then um, I thought all the character work and all these scenes, I thought everybody does a great job. Like mm-hmm. the, the, like the fuck you that Kira gives to Kai Wen when they first meet. And then uh, Barile is like, Oh, she meant no disrespect. She's like, Oh, the last time you were here, you tried to kill him. Odo. Odo oh, specifically. Yeah, and the Odo and Kira scene. Yes. Like, that was all. Oh, yeah, man. Now we're getting we to what I would talk change. About. Oh, because that set up a whole. Like, people that ship Kira and Odo, this is. I'm just talking about this. If you sh- if you ship Kira and Odo, that scene, she comes into the security station after Kai Wen has already granted Kuba's asylum. And she's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And he's like, oh, I'm already looking up their last communication that Kaiwen came in here to do. And she's like, but I love him, Odo. And then Odo's look, if you're shipping Kira and Odo, as much as I might not like that ship, like, is great work done to do that where, oh, you do love him. Oh, and he gets this hurt puppy dog look in his face like, oh, he's being so obvious that he's he's burning a torch for Kira. I mean, in this scene, his, like, hurt feelings when that she yeah, friend zones. <laughs> yeah, he's like been friend zoned so hard. The scene was so good to me. One thing I did read that was Gary Holland was like he didn't know that that line was been added. That was like like an element that they did. I received him bear, but you know I'm coming around. When once Hewitt uh, Robert Hewitt Wolf got in there, I I feel like that like some of it got a little bit more even. Some of these some of these writers room corrections and things coming out of the writers room. And I think that one of those things is that they put that in there as a, as knowing that it would go long-term. So, well, wait, I mean, James, how do you think the Viet Cong would have reacted if they got put in? Put <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that's, there's no, I room, I, there's no room for I, romance in that. I, shit. I actually have a much stronger argument. If we want to open up the Viet Cong verse, I've been sitting here thinking about it, but no, I mean, I think that that scene was great. Um, I think Odo is particularly, I mean, Rene Aubergenois. But Rene Aubergenois just always sort of brings the wood. And he's pretty great consistently through this episode. Even in that weird that weird scene with Quark where they're they're forcing him to like break into like the Vedic computer. He's he's pretty great and all that stuff. So that whole scene we could talk about this discussing the issues of Odo's sexism, but also uh, Rick Berman. We, we gotta find the right juiciest moment to talk about Rick Berman's gross <laughs> right. sexism. Well, just the fact that he's paying her. There's this whole setup scene where he's like, one, two, three, ten bars of gold pressed oh, yeah, and she yeah. shakes her head. So he counts out the 14. It's like, she shakes her head because she can't say I need more because or else we have to pay her more. Yeah, it's a Ferengi. Oh, oh, yeah. There's Ferengi values right there. Like, oh, we could have you have a line in the show, but we'd have to pay you more. <laughs> so therefore, you just have to shake your head. So Rick Berman was being Quark while filming <laughs> Quark. <laughs> yes, he's a producer. He has to make those choices. But yeah, you know, he's running a business here. Yeah, and actually, and she's credited in the in the Memory Alpha as unknown performer as Dabo Girl. Yeah. She's got like a snake spine, like drawn on her back. That's what makes her an alien, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess I get the feeling that these Dabo girls all come from like planet Dabo girl. Like, are they like a race that they're sort of? Nah, they all have different little silly putty moved around on their. Oh, face. I mean, they're they're different, and some of them. I what think were the green women scales early on? Yeah, this one had a the side green women that was back. like the prostitute, the prostitute aliens, the green skinned aliens. The what were they called? Oh, the Orion from, slave girls. Going back to the Odo scene, yes. we get the the 285th rule of acquisition no good deed goes unpunished 285th rule of acquisition yes yeah we missed one a few episodes you know several many episodes back and 
still weighing on my conscience. It bothers you. <laughs> no, is this the first? This is like an actual cliche. Most of the other ones have been sort of like, yeah, good point. Somewhat structured into like a factional, uh, like a. This is like this is exists as a cliche in the real world, and I think they just wanted to put the line in. But they had to take it as a rule of acquisition. Well, I mean, we've already established that they just throw those in whenever they want to justify something. Oh, we had Burrell make out with Kai Wynn for a little bit. I like that. Yes. Hey, How do we do feel it. about dream sequences, guys? I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. Basically, the, he he uses the shard of the prophets, whatever that is, the orbs. He's got his pimp They're cup, basically yeah. like. Yeah, well, that's his whole thing. It was like, no wonder he's such a weirdo. He just sits in his basement watching his pimp cup. Yeah. Sorry, and, and that's what bothers me, too, is that basically it's, uh, it's like a space drug that he has to take to reach enlightenment. And it kind of gets old and it doesn't really serve a purpose. Um, I felt, all right, well, you know what? Actually, we're starting to get into things that I would change. But is there anything else you guys want to cover before we kind of just wrap wrap the uh, plot of this up? I did have a, it wasn't quite angry nerd corner. I actually had a happy nerd corner. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Quirk gets this message. That he gets from the Vedic Assembly. They got it through nefarious means through Quark, but the Federation is fine dealing with it. It everything's been deleted, but he can still make he can still get the data from the deletion. It's just gonna take a while. They can't completely scrub the hard drive, even you delete it, and that makes sense. Happy nerd corner. That's <laughs> kind of how and That's I'm gonna <laughs> give him props because this is nineteen ninety-four. They didn't know how that shit worked, the writers, but you know what? That's how it works now in 2016. Happy Nerd Corner, you were able to predict technology, which is what we give credit to Star Trek for. That's true. Good job, nerds. That's true. That's how they That's how they got Hillary's emails back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, when that whole scene was going on. We haven't even gotten in that whole thing. This is Hillary versus blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. I, was, I, I wrote at some point in my notes, Kai Trump. Like it's a point. Exactly, like, yeah. Except she's the, the Trump, and then yeah, yeah, Ryle's exactly. the favorite that has to come through. And oh my god, <laughs> the boring, I'm really scared, the boring guys. favorite that no one really likes. Like, because people give Kai Win bullshit for being Hillary. She's Trump, if anything. <laughs> that's what makes me scared this episode because she wins that was one of the things where like i i was reading a thing where i was Stephen bear was talking about that that she wins at the end where he was like when he was introduced at the end we brought him in to be the next kai and we brought him in like every five episodes he shows up in the season and they've been kind of working it and kira's fucking and he was like and we were certain that at the end of the season this was gonna he was gonna be the kai and then i think at some point robert hewitt wolf just goes isn't that like the worst thing to happen from a storytelling perspective? And they were like, "Yeah, wait, yeah, you're right. yes, <laughs> like, yeah, and everything's happy is the the worst way to end a show." So that was it. Was like they they fight right before they fucked it up. They realized this is a conflict generator. This is so much better. <laughs> yeah, that's why Robert Hewitt Wolf deserves the big bucks. Yes, fuck you, Iris Stephen Bear. <laughs> well, yeah, he's an Iris Stephen Bear whisperer. Maybe that's gonna be my theory. Yeah, for no, right I now. mean, hey, I don't want to. Actually, I don't want to. Actually, Iris Stephen Bear, I love you. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence still. Right now, you're slightly yeah. better than the Viet Cong. But 
All right, you commie. Yeah. Ho Chi Minh was a badass. You guys should go read up on Ho Chi Minh. But anyway, <laughs> doing what what we hate. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to go right off the bat because we kind of touched upon it. I think the space drug dream sequences, I hate them. Mm. I know that they're supposed to like help with a little bit of the foreshadowing and let us know what's on Vedic Brow's mind. But it doesn't. it's not as interesting if you do that. Mm-hmm. It's more interesting narr- narrative wise if you don't have any sort of insight because the whole thing is you're wanting to know whether or not he's guilty or innocent of what you think he may or may not have done. So all this stuff really doesn't serve that much of a purpose. Uh, and yeah. I don't think that the I don't think the orbs are that interesting anyway. Later on, they make the they make the when the prophets talk to people, it's better later. And there's like a counter profits kind of thing in there, and that's interesting. So some of the best episodes, at least two of the best ep- better episodes that you know in later seasons, are essentially some kind of pa fantasy. Okay, that's fine. But in this case, in this we're episode, no, 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 yeah. no, definitely, this shit sucks. I don't know if it's supposed to be like absurdist, but like I don't know, <laughs> I, I don't. Like I hate that kind of junk, and it seems like shows do it all the time. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> really? I didn't hate it. I, I, I didn't love it. I've been, I, I didn't. I, I didn't recently mind it. watched. I didn't mind it. I guess. I recently watched the HBO version of Angels in America. I'm not all the way through it, but I watched some of it. And uh, you know, there's long dream sequences in there, and some of them, like that, those, like that's a textbook way that, like, to do dream sequences that I don't hate. Like, these are pretty interesting, and they actually are, like, sort of engagements with the people. But I don't know if I know anything about Burial because he stuck his hand in a basket of with a snake in it. Well, and why do Bajorans have snakes? That bothers me. But nonetheless, well, like... Well, the snake is just that he's going to get fucked. I, at I know, but they need he needs to have space snakes or Bajoran snakes. Like, snakes with little, well, <laughs> little buddy on their noses. That's a good point. I'll, I'll agree with that. What, they got like, snakes on Bajor? What, planted all, that's a good angry nerd corner. Yes, like, Come on. Why is there a this, this is, <laughs> Ireland doesn't have snakes. Why does Bajor have snakes? <laughs> All of that stuff, I just felt like it was like, I don't I don't feel like it was illuminative. I feel like, I don't know. I wasted a lot of time when they could have been arguing the Viet Cong right. argument. I felt like, or that that's my thing. No, um, it wasted a lot of time. I think if you cut out those scenes, you could actually have had scenes, even with Odo dealing with, I know it wasn't in the script. So this kind of messes up my my whole argument. Now, I didn't know that his reaction, I didn't know, like, he read the words that were on the page, but he interpreted them differently, and I didn't know that until, you know, James brought that up tonight. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. whole argument was, cut out the dream sequences, and then have uh, Odo deal with the fact that Kira, Major Kira has declared her love for Baral and how she, he's dealing, like, is he bristling against that? Yeah, you know, does he have a dog in the hunt with as far as justice being served is, is concerned? That's more interesting to me. Yeah. And you could have him even shoot, talk to Julian, who's not even in this episode, uh, <laughs> about, about those things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I assume that Odo probably goes out of his way to help Kira date Burial. And then when Burial pisses Kira off, she calls him on the phone and they talk all <laughs> night. And he tells her uh, he's he's there for her when Burial upsets her. I don't have a I don't have a very developed uh, what I would change other than uh, uh, I, I, Cisco. What the fuck, guys? Like, I, I think I'm about to have this, like, whole, like, like this was season two's problem, is that for the most part, Cisco could have been taken out of this whole show. He has this great scene. Not only is it, it's a remind, it just, it's there as a reminder that he's a 
pivotal political power in Bajor. Yeah. Not, and he's a political religious power in Bajor. And I understand and he's, that he's trying to abstain, but he is completely marginalized because the show doesn't want to deal with him. And I don't know why. Well, I, I, I say I, the I don't show, because they, they have to be about the Federation. And mm-hmm. I think his point of view is he can't take another point of view. He can't, I'm, you yeah, know, people, oh, are, are, people are already get pissed enough about that he's just a religious figure at all in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But he's like, hey, I can't, I can't step into this, like eat shit, smile, like, mm-hmm. or she's, when she leaves him, she's like, oh, 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 maybe I'll be back in a week. And she's like, just, just eat shit, you motherfucker, because you're not going to help me out. Yeah, but my point is, no, I'm not saying that he should feel different or he should act different. I'm saying that, like, this show should deal with him more. Like, there should be other... Yeah, fair enough. But this is a Kira episode right here. Yeah, and there's been, like, no time with Avery Brooks in this whole season. But I feel like if he's pivotal enough that, like, the whole episode hinges upon him refusing to back Kai Wen, I just feel like it's weird to me that he's so... I don't want to, like, hands-off practically, but he's hands-off when dealing with Kira. Kira doesn't treat him like the emissary of his religion, of her religion. Kira right. doesn't, well, like, and I think well, that he he's such a missing piece to all of this. And mm. I, I, it's these wasted opportunities with dream sequences and sequences like that. And every episode has to have a damn quirk scene, but not every episode has to have a damn Avery Brooks scene. Well, and it's, this episode does have an Avery Brooks scene. It has a good one. It has a good one. It could have used three. And it's a great scene, and I appreciate his perspective, like, I he he's not going to be involved. I mean, I don't even, if we're going to get into what we would With I the don't show? Have, I want him to be involved in the show. He's the best thing about well, the show. Well, he is later. But this is, a, this is a character-specific episode. It's about Kira. It's not about Cisco. And he has his great, he has, he has, he has a better scene than any of the other regulars because he's I such totally a, agree. I just, I would have liked, I would have liked more Cisco's perspective on this. And, and, yeah, I think his perspective is pretty clear. I he cannot make I'm an not, opinion. Okay, okay, okay. I'm saying even though he backs Burial, everybody knows he backs Burial. I'm saying that yes, but I don't because he's not said that to anyone. Because he can't. Because he's Federation. He's he's not. I'm he, saying that I. I'm saying that we yeah, go into you, his bedroom. Like I'm saying that we, like maybe have a I'm, conversation I'm, with Dax yes, about it. That's maybe what I'm saying. See how he's treated by other other Bajorans on the station and how that's informed his decision to stay out. I mean, there's there's more to explore. That's right, not but for a point of view episode, we're if we we talk about the show, it's like a, you know, like precursor to modern television. You don't want to muddy up your point of view. This is a Kira episode. You don't want to muddy it up with another per- character's well, point of view. We've had successful A and B stories at meet, and and I think this one could have been it. See, I mean, if you cut out the dream sequences, good grief. Yeah. You telling me that if you don't cut out those dream sequences that add nothing to the story, you, that th- you could have they, had a compel- some compelling. They, I mean, Avery they Brooks have. Scenes? I, I rewatched it two times, and they do with the second viewing. They do mirror what's going on. They do. They're. Just, I know that, but but the, what's going on isn't that interesting. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I think. That's my point. Is that I don't think that this this is not. It's not complicated to like. Right. And gross me. We don't need it telegraphed like it was. It was. It was yeah. like. I don't think. Well, I mean, especially now in 1994, you can't be that complicated. But 
I don't know. I I'm I'm tired of arguing. <laughs> we've we've worn the poor poor bastard down. We've worn you down. down, down. <laughs> You've worn me down, guys. Well, but like, I mean, it gets better. Like, I just it's great. I think it's good right now. Fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's better. I'm just I I I guess that I see where it does. Okay, let's just say where it goes is profits equal Kai win versus Cisco. Spoiler alert. Like so, like that is like but a it, huge element through the rest of the show, and I don't. And, and I, this episode and I, actually, I would argue, sets that up. That's like this is a thing. Maybe. If we agreed on more of this episode, this is what we'd be talking about about how how it sets up. If you agree, if you just agreed with me, I could tell you how this sets up the rest of the series. <laughs> no, and I because I, I don't up, dispute like, any of that. I don't dispute any of that. But what I'm saying is, as an hour of television. This was pretty dull, yeah. and I I just wanted it to be less dull. And one of the things I think one of the things that excites me is Avery Brooks responding to people. And if I could have had more of that, and it's in a and it's a purposeful way, I would have been more interesting. And I think in general, my critique of this whole season is what the fuck with what the fuck are you guys doing with Avery Brooks? This is the least captain focused show, and that's and that's a problem because you have a great captain. But he's still a commander now. And this is an argument I've made before about, like, if we're talking about DS9 being a different sort of Star Trek series Uh where we explore the arc of the Cisco character over the whole series, and it it makes sense for him not to be a captain. It makes sense to see his rise into captainship. Uh But at the same time, it's kind of a dick move to make the first black captain not a captain for three seasons. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, I think but, that... Yeah. That, that's fine. But you're right that if this story is the story arc of, of, of Benjamin Sisko, what really have we learned this season? I know we have two episodes left, but what really have we learned this uh, season? Not much. That Yeah, that he has weird tastes in women that have nothing that are... Well, problematic. That's it. <laughs> We've had like five Kira episodes. We've had like 150 Bajir uh, and O'Brien episodes. We've like had one, two Cisco episodes. And it's 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 ridiculous. And I, and I think that it's specifically ridiculous in this plot where where he is a pivotal character to what's going on and they they relegate it to one scene and when you're in that scene you're like this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Yeah, he carries that scene like <laughs> yeah. the way he smiles yeah, when she walks in. He carries it like a motherfucker. He's like that that mm-hmm. that slight like smile that he has. And when he says enemies, his face just lights up. Enemies. And she's like, no, I just thought that, you know, uh, we we had different points of view or whatever. Enemies. And like, oh, I can come in next week. And then she just like, all right, asshole, I was coming in. Uh, Have we ever had a scene between Cisco and Beryl? Not really. Like a conversation between the two. So that's that's my point. You, what, what's, what, what would you change? I disagree pretty strongly with you about the, I don't think... Viet Cong or is it an apt, you know, analogy at wait, wait, all? Is this what would you change about? Is this what you would change about this podcast? <laughs> yeah, this is what I would change about. This. Yeah, this is what you would change yeah. about James. Is, if, if I could do this podcast over, I would like to talk about these issues: uh, the religion in Deep Space Nine, uh, not the Viet Cong, because I disagree with that. Uh, uh, let's see, the Odo. Well, we talked about the Odo Kira thing, uh, but yeah. why don't we why don't we agree with with the religion? Let's because we're two two episodes out. Let's 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 do a whole. Maybe we should do a, a VSE on on the religion. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that that may be something we could do. But yeah, no. So, okay. So your points would be that you... I don't know. I actually really like this episode. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, we got we got the first introduction of the Kai outfit that Kai wins in the rest of the series. Oh, yes. Kai, oh, yeah, because she basically sheds the... The, the opera the, house anymore, yeah. Yeah. But why doesn't the Kai hat match Kai Alpaca's hat? That's that was the question. That's what I'm. That was the thing I would change. I'm sorry. I'm. Thank you for bringing it up, James. Because that bothers yes, me. And I noticed that too. as well. And I wrote it down. I just I got a lot of notes I couldn't get to this whole episode. Yes, Kai Alpaca never wears the Kai hat, but in the dream sequences when we have Kai Baril for the he's never a Kai, but he is in his dreams in the prophets, and he's wearing the same dumb hat that seems to be the. Head of office for the Kai, except only him and Kai Wen wear it. That's a bit, yeah. that's almost angry nerd corner from a, uh, because <laughs> she wears the weird high flat top sort of thing. It's not as high as the opera house. It's just like the, no, it, it's like a reverse. No, uh, yeah, it's like a reverse fez. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> it's a full head wrap. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's just like a hat. So okay, so oh, let's do the rating. Hey, yeah. Do we want to do the rating? Yeah, real quick. What do you guys think? What do you guys think this is at? Seven point five. Seven. It is out of five hundred and fifty-three votes. Uh, it is a seven point one out of ten. Yeah. So it's kind of you know about where we thought it would be. I knew I was shooting high because people don't like religious stuff in their Star Trek. And you got to kind of handicap it for that, don't I, you? You do kind of. Yeah. <sighs> people hate Bajoran episodes. They're like. Fuck this. I, w- I don't yeah. want Star Trek to watch this religious bullshit. Anymore. I gotta be honest with you. I'm getting the feeling that, like, the writer's room hates Bajoran episodes, too. Because if they... This is what I want to say. If they could have put the energy in this episode that they put in any episode with fucking the Grand Nagus, like, that would be... that This this episode, which had plot, but lacked energy, could have been... Like, they could have they could have fixed this, like, I think. Yeah. But they... It's got... You I like disagree. I I think there. I liked every scene. I think I'm in somewhere this in the episode. middle for once of you guys, where I think that it was a very serviceable episode. I think yeah. that sometimes it lulled. I think that it's part a of the Kira episode. That we have, like it, it's not as well, exciting. And she was fine, but Vedic Morales in in Kira have the actors no, have no chemistry, chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah. the whole story relies upon upon you caring whether or not uh, that that uh, Kira has fallen for somebody who's no good, like fundamentally. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have any chemistry, you really don't care. I mean, I don't care one way or the other. Especially when you bring Odo's sudden interest into her, and that's more interesting. The, the Odo scene so, was I mean, like I, out of nowhere for me. It's like, oh my god, starts, I yes. hated this and whole thing. A, but you know what? Oh man, oh my god, they're setting. Oh, this is. I like yeah, this they, scene. This is going to make me rethink things later on. No spoilers. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you guys? You guys want to look uh, preview next week? What are we dealing with next uh, week? Next week's O'Brien in Cardassian jail. So we get Ooh. like the night of O'Brien Cardassian edition. So O'Brien gets the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cole <laughs> Meany gets some good roles. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, if I remember this episode correctly, which I haven't watched ahead this week, if I remember this episode correctly, this is pretty fucking good. Yeah. And then after that's the season ender, and it's the Jim Hadar, and it's when the Dominion are introduced. So, rock it out! All right, we're moving along, and I'm excited about season three. All right, 
Yeah. And then we'll have our white album before then, probably. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely do the yes. white album. Which I think we will all put this on there. So we, we're all kind of stuck with this on our white yeah. album. But don't, yeah. don't speak we for everybody, are. but I will. You don't. Oh, uh, oh wait. okay. No, I'm saying that I, I hated this episode more than anybody. I, I'll keep it on there. It has to be on there. That's where it's Kai Wen happens. Yeah. So, yes. And we have a brief reminder that all right, Cisco's the emissary. But oh, yes. yes. All right, guys. <laughs> if that's it for this week, then we will have three to beam up. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes. Please follow us on Twitter at AcquisitionPod and on Tumblr at the rules of acquisitionpodcast.tumblr.com. The official Vietnamese history gives the group's name as the Liberation Army of South Vietnam or the National Liberation Front for South Vietnam. Many writers shorten this to National Liberation Front NLF. In 1969, the Viet Cong created the Provisional Revolutionary Government of the Republic of South Vietnam, abbreviated PRG. The Viet Cong no longer used the name after PRG was created. Members generally refer to the Viet Cong as the Front. Today's Vietnamese media most frequently refers to the group as the People's Liberation Armed Forces of South Vietnam, PLAF. Enemy.